Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the show. Yes, it's the return of the Handicappers preview for Saturday, April 8th, 2017. I'm your host, Brandon Staubel from Racing with Bruno and BrunoWithTheWorks.com. Uh, it's a little late in the day already because the action's getting started over at uh, Aqueduct in Keeneland, but uh, we had some te- technical difficulties uh, getting on earlier. But you know, we just keep trying, just like we do out in the mornings. We just keep grinding and grinding, and, and finally we get on. So uh, without further ado, we've got a big day of action, so let's go ahead and get started. I just want to break down some of uh, my opinions for Keeneland today, um, as well as a couple from uh, Santa Anita and Aqueduct as well. So um, get your pen and paper ready. Let's go ahead and get started. Let's start with race six at Keeneland, the grade three Commonwealth. Uh, we've got a really tough field in here field of nine so far I didn't see any scratches um, as of about 10 minutes ago Um, you've got a couple of of really nice horses that were in the Breeders Cup uh, making some returns in here you've got the eight AP Indian your eight to five morning line favorite and the number three limousine liberal um, nine to two on the morning line so you've got a couple of obviously talented uh, classy runners here making their comeback in this grade three you know, I think this is a spot, their their first race back, that you have to take a stand against. Uh, I'm looking at the four, Yaki's Warrior, coming in here fresh, uh, winner of three in a row, five of 11 lifetime. Um, this horse is very talented uh, and kind of coming into his own now. Uh, we got to see him um, last fall at Keeneland with a, a four and a half length win over the track and just continued to get better and now freshened up by Al Stahl. I really like the way Al Stahl does things. Um, from what I've seen in the morning in here. Um, so we're going to go to the four, Yaki's Warrior, for um, to kind of surprise this field a little bit over Limousine Liberal and AP Indian. Um, another horse that I thought was really interesting in here was the number nine, Awesome Slew. Um, this horse was second to Sharp Azteca, who went over to Dubai and, uh, you know, didn't do that poorly. Uh, still ran a credible race in here. But uh, I, the thing that I'm interested in is, is the cutback for this horse. Um, if you look, he's got a lot of tactical speed. He's drawn well to the outside, and he's freshened up uh, in the barn of Mark Cassie now. So uh, a couple of horses that I'm going to use in here, I'm going to use Yaki's Warrior, uh, the number four, and the number nine, Awesome Slew. A lot of interest for those two, and uh, you'll probably want to sprinkle in the two favorites, uh, Limousine Liberal and AP Indian underneath. 
Um, and just a quick shout out here on the number five, Reedsdale. This horse is owned in part by Chad Schumer. Um, it, for people that don't know, I'm looking to uh, kind of make a name for myself and get into the bloodstock industry. And, and Chad's been gracious enough to uh, show me around at the sales and, and really help me out with that. And I just wanted to wish him luck today. Uh, he's got a really nice horse, it looks like, on his hands and uh, uh, three for three lifetime. And somehow he was able to get this horse at the Keeneland January sale and pick it up for 18,000. You know, if you look at the pedigree, Spice Town out of a Danzig mayor, I mean, very nice pedigree here. And, and Chad's got a great eye. So just wanted to give him a quick shout out and wish him luck today. Let's go ahead and head over to race seven here. We've got the Shaker Town grade two going five and a half on the grass. Um, you've got an interesting, interesting play in here and the fact that I don't see a lot of pace in this race. Um, You've got the three green mask who's got a lot of speed, a lot of early foot, but uh, the number four, Justin Squared, first time in the barn of Wesley Ward. Um, if you remember last summer, Baffert had this horse and, and he talked about all the time how this was one of the fastest horses he ever had, um, especially early on in the races. And uh, Wesley's got this horse. He's put him on the grass here. Um, if this horse can take to the grass, now obviously didn't uh, fare too great last time down the hill at Santa Anita. But if you know anything about Santa Anita and its hillside turf course, it's the most unique um, turf course in the country when you're sprinting down that hill. So I can forgive that last race. And you can see the bullets in tow for Wesley. Um, and this, like I said, the big reason I like this horse is because there's not a lot of speed in here early on. And uh, if Justin Squared can use that speed and get clear early on, uh, he may not look back. And I don't think you're going to get anywhere near the 12 to 1 on the morning line. I'm looking at maybe 5 or 6 to 1 in here. Uh, for some reason, if Justin Squared starts to kind of uh, tumble back a little bit, um, I do like the three a little bit green mask in here just because I think he's going to sit a beautiful trip. Uh, I think even though he's drawn on the inside of Justin Squared, Robbie's a smart enough rider to go let that horse go and then probably get on the outside uh, with lack of pace in here. He shouldn't have any problem with that. A um, couple of the other ones that I looked at in here, Rainbow Air coming from Gulfstream Park. You know, you've got a, a horse that is basically, uh, they've kind of turned into a closer in the last couple of races, um, trying to close in in these short Gulfstream Park turf sprints. And also on that course, it's rock hard. We know that the end of the you know, March, April, at the end of the, the meet, that course gets really hard. So uh, I give a big look to the two in here as well. And uh, so look for not a lot of pace in this race. And I really think if Justin Squared can, can get clear early on, he may not look back. So kind of a price play in race seven. Uh, let's go ahead and go to race eight, the grade one Madison. I sent something out on Twitter earlier, you know, just looking through this field, the grade one Madison has that grade one label next to the name, but I'm not sure looking back um, at this race, maybe a month or two months from now, if, if you're going to actually get a grade one field out of this, um, you take a look at the six Paula silver lining was third in the uh, Philly mayor sprint last year. And now is in the barn of Chad Brown. I think you really have to take a look at that horse a lot too. And um, Constellation shipping in for Hollendorfer. You can see that it appears um, after that grade one win, they may have targeted this race um, because they kind of used the same setup. They got a prep in the last in the Las Flores, um, kind of closed the gap late, and now has probably been cranked for this spot in here. They're looking for that grade one win for this filly and another grade one win. So 
Um, I think those are your two horses you really have to pay attention to. Uh, I've also always been a big fan of the number one horse paid up subscriber. And this is another one that's going into the Chad Brown barn. So he's got a strong hand in here. Um, yes, the horse is 0 for 4 at Keeneland, but always runs well. And I think can get a great trip saving ground on the inside. So I'm not going to go too crazy in here. Another one you could look at too is the Linda Rice runner. Um, but you just sometimes... Uh, these horses that are shipping in from from Laurel or or Monmouth going up against some of these ones that have been uh, in these bigger races like a Constellation, like a Paula Silver Lining, I tend to favor those uh, more so than the others. So uh, we're going to look at Paula Silver Lining in the Madison, uh, as well as Constellation and Paid Up Subscriber. Let's quickly move on to the Ashland race nine in here, and this is another um, you know Grade One next to the name, but Man, when you look through this field, do I see any grade one caliber fillies? I, you know, I'm not sure at this moment yet. I think you have to start with the number six, Daddy's Little Darling. Uh, I think we all we all kind of know from that last start in the Florida Oaks on turf. Um, obviously, this was a setup for this race. Kenny McPeak loves to win at Keeneland. I mean, he points for this meet. Um, and then you look at the fact that this horse was only beaten five lengths in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies and was a length away from being a grade one winner here at Keeneland last fall as a two-year-old. So I think the race starts there. Um, for people that know me, that I like to look at the pace of the race as well. Um, looking at the number two, Elate. Now, you're going to see that the horse closed from deep last time, but look at the comments. They're bothered at the start. So this horse didn't get a great start, but if you go back to the previous two races, the horse showed a lot of pace and was up near the front. Got Jose Ortiz with an inside post here. I'm assuming that the number two with a good break at late is going to be out there early. Um, you've also got a couple sprinters stretching out. I kind of thought in a way the number four, uh, Mini Irene, was was interesting to hear. And the fact that it's not, like I said, the strongest field ever. This horse is stretching out for the first time. And Richard Baltus can, can win these type of races. I mean, don't let that name scare you away. Um, also, the fact that Julian signs on in here could get a great trip. And like I said, the others, I'm just not. Sailor's Valentine, the seven, I'm worried about the distance with this horse. Um, I did like the fact that he closed on the turf, but kind of got to relax and then sit behind. Um, you're not taking the dirt like you would in, in this type of race. Uh, the number five, Summer Luck, another one I'm worried about the distance. Uh, and same thing with the three, Pretty City Dancer. Um, you know, they put the blinkers on in the last, and apparently that didn't do much. So now they're taking him back off. So they're still trying to figure this horse out. And I'm just not a big fan of that move, especially in these these tough type races here. So I think the, the two favorites are very logical here. Uh, also, you've got another Cali shipper tapped shipping out. Um, was only beaten five lengths to Abel Tasman, who runs at uh, Santa Anita in the Santa Anita Oaks today. Um, another horse you could use in here, but I think Daddy's Little Darling is, is going to be set and prime for this race, and then you can kind of sprinkle a few underneath, including that uh, number four horse I talked about, Meanie Irene. So now we've got the feature at Keeneland today, the grade two Toyota Bluegrass, uh, just a field of seven, and on Tuesday's episode of the Handicappers Preview, we did talk about this race a little bit. Um, I'm against Tappert in here. I mean, we talked about it on the show. Um, it, uh, looking at his works on XBTV, it did not appear that he was training as well as he was going into the Tampa Bay Derby. Um, he's going to be maybe two to one, uh, take a lot of money in here. So I'm against him. I'm also um, concerned about a little bit about McCracken. I mean, it, they're not going to crank him up for this. It is the first race back. They're probably going to be looking to make a, a nice late run in here. Um, 
but he's very talented. So he's obviously a contender. And then you've got to look at the pace in here as well. Uh, Wild Shot and IRAP appear to be the two main speeds. I think uh, Wild Shot will show more speed today. IRAP take the, taking the blinkers off um, may relax just a bit, but those two, I believe, are going to go out. Practical Joke's probably going to try to sit right in behind. Um, I'm going to go with a horse that I've uh, watched as a two-year-old, and we put the follow designation on this horse back uh, in, the, in the fall meet at Churchill. Uh, it's the number three, J-Boys Echo. Um, this horse, by mineshaft, is, is bred to go um, even further than what he's doing now. Um, I really like the way the horse trained back in the fall, and he just really caught our eye, and he looks like he's just on the ascension here. So I'm going to look to use the number three, J-Boys Echo, McCracken underneath in the second spot, and then you can sprinkle in a few others. Maybe one of the speeds hangs on. Uh, practical joke, you could also throw that one in, but uh, I'm going to key on J-Boys Echo and McCracken. Let's go ahead and quickly shift gears um, over to Aqueduct. Race 10, the Wood Memorial. This is a, a race that uh, only drew a field of eight, but at the same time is fairly interesting in here. You've got the number eight, Irish War Cry. This horse was probably considered amongst the top betting choices uh, for the Derby back um, after the Holy Bull when he crushed that field and looked like a good thing. Now, he got away with an, a pretty easy pace in that race, and you can see when he came back in the Fountain of Youth and didn't get the lead and was uh, asked to... to has to do a lot more that uh, he did not respond so they're going to try again here um, the horse that I really think is interesting in here and, and I talked about it as well on the show on Tuesday is, is the seven cloud computing uh, if you go back and watch that Gotham stakes for whatever reason Manny Franco thought it was wise to, to push that horse early on and really be a part of that pace when all he had to do was let the horse relax a little bit I love the the jockey switch here to Irad Ortiz and, and the outside post I think we're going <laughs> to we're going to be able to sit a beautiful trip on the outside. And this is a really interesting runner moving forward. We all know about the Apollo curse. Uh, you, you know, you have to break your maiden before January 1. But uh, this horse is kind of interesting to me. And especially, obviously, I like J-Boy's Echo in the bluegrass. And this horse finished behind J-Boy's Echo last time out. So this, uh, this Gotham stakes might be better than we think. Um, and obviously in this race too, you have to look at battalion runner for Pletcher. I mean, he's just winning every stake right now, but, uh, you know, I'm going to take a little shot against here and go with the seven cloud computing quickly over to San Anil. We're running out of time. Uh, we're looking at the eighth race here, grade one, San Anita Derby. It's kind of take your pick in here. I mean, it's kind of the, the hodgepodge of what's left, after, what's left after mastery. Uh, in Southern California in here. And I think a lot of people are going to gravitate towards term of art, going to get a lot of money there. Iliad, uh, the horse that I thought was interesting, I talked about on the show on Tuesday as well is Kim Bear, uh, training really well for this. And this is the type of race where a maiden can step up and, and beat some of these. And uh, you also can take a look at the number eight, Gormley. Uh, I think he's been trained more to sit back off the pace. Uh, so look at those two and we'll talk to you later.